0: You can, if you want to uh, turn in your scriptures with me to Ephesians chapter 2, that'll be the the first place that we're we're at today. There's a lot of different uh, scriptures that we're going to be looking up. Um, I was at the gas station the other day, and this woman was smoking while she was pumping her gas, and there were two cops standing there and i was like what are you doing and i went in to pay when i came out her arm was on fire and she started waving it around and the police arrested her for waving a firearm <laughs> I, t- I told that one to Cammie last night and I forgot the punchline. And, and, and she thought I was telling a real story and, and she hit me. She hit me. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now, seriously, now, there there is a trap that the enemy wants us to fall into when we find ourselves in a place that we simply want to quit. Anybody been there before? You just want to quit. You start going through motions. You start, uh, you start just having a laissez-faire attitude. Whatever will be, will be. It's uh it's not, you're not living wholehearted anymore. Um, you start to say things like, I've done enough for other people, I gotta do some things for me. You forget that the Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive. And you start looking for ways that you can receive instead of give because you're tired and you're weary, right? You're tired and you're weary, that, that verse that says, do not become weary in well-doing. Uh, it, it means that your spirit, that, that word weary, it means spiritless. Spiritless. I become spiritless in what I'm doing. When I come to church and I sing the songs I just sing, and I'm just kind of waiting for the song service to get over or the service to get over, I'm putting in my time. And when we get to this place, we open ourselves up to discouragement. And we start to become harassed by the enemy. Of all the tools that the devil uses, and he uses a lot of them, he uses fear... He uses anxiety, he uses envy and temptation and jealousy, but the one that he uses the most is discouragement. Anybody been there before? Uses discouragement. If you uh, if you're discouraged today, I believe that God wants to speak to you. You know, great. Men and women of God throughout history have been discouraged. Do you remember Elijah running from Jezebel? He he was hanging his head. He was discouraged. And and uh the Lord the Lord uh spoke to him, What are you doing? And he said, I- I've been zealous for you, but now I'm the only one left. I'm the only one. I'm the only one, and that's what discouragement will do. It will cause you to feel like you are in a box all by yourself and that nobody else is going through what I'm going through. And that's just the way that you feel. And so Elijah was there. David was there. Abraham was there. The Garden of Gethsemane, everybody remember that, where Jesus, the night before he was crucified, he, he was heavy, heavy. Here's a story of of Martin Luther. Martin Luther, who was so depressed for a prolonged period of time that one day his wife came downstairs and she was dressed totally in black. And Martin Luther said, who died? Because she looked like she was dressed for a funeral. And she said, God has. And Martin Luther looked at her and said, God hasn't died. And so she replied, well, then quit living like it. And he shook himself. (laughs) That's a a good wife right there. (laughs) But if you feel this way, discouraged, You are not alone. There's a verse in Numbers chapter 21, and it says this, Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And, and that's an interesting verse. And, and then there's a whole reason why, th- why they were discouraged and a whole story surrounding that. But many times on the way, we get discouraged. It is the way because of the way, the way that I'm walking right now, the way, the path that's laid before me, the things that life is throwing at me. There are times that we get discouraged and we feel like life is mowing us down, and when you get to this place, you begin to say, "Why should I keep? Uh, why should I keep doing good? Why should I keep throwing effort? Why should I keep on?" Today, I'm hoping to give you a shot in the arm and tell you why you should keep going on, keep doing good works. And so I'm going to preach a seven-point message, but it's going to be one of the shortest sermons that I've ever preached. And I know you don't believe me, uh, but I'm going to prove myself anyway to you. Um, and, and so I'm going to preach a seven-point message, why God has called us to continue to do good works. First of all, let me say Uh, that it is not good works that earns us salvation. Amen. We can't earn a thing from God. All our righteous acts, Isaiah said, are like filthy rags. And so it is not our good works that impress God. And yet, because we have been touched by God, because we have been saved Uh, The the desire to do good works or the the, the next step that follows is, hey, we do things now for the Lord. And in fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, right after it says that uh, you're not saved by works so that no man can boast, but you are saved by grace uh, through faith. Then in verse 10, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, notice it doesn't say that we should feel it. No, it just says that we should walk in it. Amen? We should walk in it, for we are his workmanship. And this is my first point. We should continue to do good works because that's what we were created to do. Amen? You are his masterpiece. You are his workmanship. And he has prepared for you to do things in the kingdom that nobody else can do. In your corner of the world, affecting the people in your, in your life by doing good works. This is, this is uh, why Jesus said, so let your light shine before men. Amen. And, and so good works is something that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Hallelujah. And and so that leads us to my second point. So that was my first point. Now I'm all ready to point number two. Can you believe it? It's a miracle. All right. Number two, because good works causes others to glorify God. And if you shut down good works because of how you feel for a moment, you will steal what God wants to do in somebody else's life. And so in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, uh, Jesus said this, let your light shine before men. Let your light shine before men. Do you think it would be a good thing for, for the church, the light that's in the church to shine? Let me ask that again and all of you can answer. Do you think it would be a good thing for the church to let the light inside of her to shine That would be a good thing. And Jesus makes it very practical. Well, how do we do that? How do we let our light shine? He follows that up. And he says this, that they might see your good works. This is things that you do on behalf of other people. It's one of the first things that gets shut down when we're discouraged. And when we feel lifeless, we don't want to do anything, but it is in the doing that other people will glorify God. Somebody will see what you're doing and go and go, "Wow, that blessed me. You really blessed me today." And they will end up glorifying God. It might just be that your good work will bring somebody else to Jesus. Hallelujah. As you as they glorify God, in, heaven. in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, Have your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. And the Gentiles is one way that Paul described people that don't yet believe. Uh, people that are unbelievers. And so, have your conduct honorable among unbelievers. That when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe... That's interesting isn't it your good works which they observe glorify god in the day of visitation you know corporately this is why we do things like the fish fry we say hey if you want to give a donation you can it's going to go to the salvation army this year we're we're uh, supporting uh, one of the projects that that they are doing and so if you want to bring a donation, you can, but guess what? We want you to come and have a free meal. And you know what? Corporately, that's a good work. And it makes people go, oh, maybe the church isn't as evil as we think it is. Because if you haven't heard yet in the news, the church does not have a great reputation out there in the world. And he says, that's what's going to happen. They're going to call you evildoers. They're going to call you all kinds of things. But when they see your good works, in the day of visitation, you'll win them over and they'll glorify God. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. I'm a whole lot more excited about this than most of you this morning. (laughs) Okay, number three, because good works shows usefulness. Second Timothy 2.21, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, which is the dishonorable things, if you cleanse yourself from the dishonorable things, you will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful to the master, prepared for every good work. And so as you continue in the things that God has put upon your heart and you are, you are uh, being used by God in simple things, in, in, uh, in ways that you can spread the gospel, as you are used by God, you're useful to the master. And whether anybody else ever sees or not, I want to be one that God says, that person is useful to me. Do you want to position yourself that way? Useful to the master, used by him, uh, and and so God, uh, God says that that good works. When you give yourself to them, you're one that's useful to the master. Number four, you continue in good works because good works prove genuine faith. Now I said before that good works don't obtain our faith. We're saved by grace, right? We're saved by grace. And so good works don't obtain our salvation, but good works do prove that we, are, uh, that we belong to God. It, it just depends on what order you put it in. And so James chapter 2 says this, thus faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, you have religion, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works, by my works. And so when you do good things in the name of Jesus, you are proving your faith. I will, that, that's what James says. I'm going to show you my faith by the things that I do for the kingdom. Amen? Number five, good works are profitable to people. Titus chapter 3, verse 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. That's a commandment. This is a faithful saying. And this is why I'm preaching this this morning. Paul told Titus, I want you to affirm these things constantly. Affirm these things constantly. That those who believe in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. And so you, you do something good for somebody else. Guess what? It's profitable to them, and it's profitable to the church. Thank you, Jesus. This is why uh, every part, every part does its, uh, does its uh, job in the kingdom of God. You have an assignment in the kingdom of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have an assignment in the kingdom of God. All right. Thank you, Lord. Uh, number six. We continue to do good works because God's people are worth it. God's people are worth it. So turn to your neighbor again and say, you are worth it. (laughs) And so Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 says this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is why it's important to be connected to the church body. Amen? Because the command of Paul is that it starts with the believers. Your good works start right here in the household of God, and then they expand out. And and that's the way that it's supposed to be. It starts here at home. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially... Those that are of the household of faith. And so we ought to be doing things one for another. And as we grow as a body, that is, that is supposed to increase and increase and increase. Do good to, to those around you. Amen. Now, don't be one that waits for somebody to do something good for you. Think, think, how can I bless somebody today? This doesn't have to cost a lot, although although it sometimes takes resources. doesn't have to cost a lot. You do something kind for somebody. Amen? You do something good. This is Christianity 101. Amen? This may not seem deep and revival oriented and pack the altars full, but But this will change church culture if we'll do good to one another. Amen? In intentional acts of kindness. This is good. Thank you, Lord. God uh, starts in the household. And number seven, I'm to number seven already. I told you. Because good works will be rewarded by God. And so... Paul told Timothy, he said, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now, lest you think that that is to somebody else, I want to remind you again that all of us sitting here are in the wealthiest 5% of the world. Every single one of us. We're in the wealthiest 5% of every Human being on the planet. And so verses like this are not just for the Elon Musk's of the world, they are to you and I. And I am thankful that God freely gives us all things to enjoy. I love to live life. Amen? But that's not the only reason that God has blessed me. So he goes on to verse 18. Let them do good so that they might not only be rich, but that they might be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they might lay hold of eternal life. So this... This life that we live will be rewarded. Every good work you are laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And that's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Again, he said in Matthew chapter 10. Whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. You will be rewarded. Good works will be rewarded by God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And so what I want to do is I want to fan you back into flame in your christianity sometimes there's a missing spoke in our christianity and sometimes that missing spoke is serving somebody else oh but pastor you don't know the battles that i'm going through Uh, it's just trials and tribulations and i know it i know it and when has it not been but in that place, if you will get your eyes off of yourself and get your eyes onto somebody else, then then it'll it, that that battle that you're in will get a little bit smaller because you begin to see somebody else and what they're going through and the struggle that they're in, and you go, Oh, I, I'm not alone in this. We are walking together in this. And you know what you do for that person when you when you do a act of kindness for them, you, you, uh, you show them that they have value. And in the midst of their battle, they go, oh, wow, somebody does care. And we begin to show that for one another, and the culture begins to change. Hallelujah. And that's good. And that's good. Thank you, Lord. You know, when you, when you intentionally do good works for the king, he takes care of you he resources you if you will if you will resource good works god will resource you if you will take some of what you have and you will say i'm going to use this to bless somebody else god will make sure that you have it says that in second corinthians chapter 9 and god is able to make all grace abound to you that you having all sufficiency in all things may have and abundance for every good work. That's the promise of God. He's faithful, amen? He's faithful. Thank you, Jesus. We should be fanning each other into flame for good works. Not that we want people, you know, we don't do it for notoriety. We don't do it so others... Will pat us on the back and look at us and say, "Oh, what a great, what a great Christian you are." That's not why we do it, but at the same time, we should be fanning each other into flame towards good works. The writer of the Hebrews said this: "Let's let's hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." And let us consider one another in order to stir up love. And good works, love and good works. The NIV there says, "Spur one another on towards love and good works, love and good works." This is this is a good, this is a good uh, culture changing message this morning. In Acts chapter nine, this is my last scripture my last scripture this morning i'm going to be done preaching before Kami. whoa in acts chapter 9 in verse 36 it says at joppa there was a certain disciple Named Tabitha. Which is translated. Dorcas. This woman was full of good works. And charitable deeds. Which she did. But it happened in those days. That she became sick. And died. And when they had washed her. They laid her. In an upper room. Good things happen in the upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them, and when he had come, they brought him to the upper room. Now listen to what this next verse says. And all the widows stood by Peter, weeping, Showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. That was her ministry. That's what she did. She made garments and gave them to the people in the church. And here they were at what they thought was going to be her funeral. Peter had come to honor her in her death. And they honored her by showing the things that she had made. And blessed them with. And this is seemingly unspiritual. We talk a lot about praying with people to be healed because of the laying on of hands, and surely that's an amazing ministry. God's called us to pray with people. God said in the Great Commission that we would lay hands on the sick and they would become well. And so those are spiritual gifts that I believe that we need not withhold and give to people. But our the, the scope of our ministry is not just the spiritual gifts but it is also in simple acts of kindness doing good works for people so that they will feel and experience the love of God through his, through his people. Dorcas, Tabitha was, was the hands of Jesus extended to these women. And here's just what I believe. I'm kind of reading into this now. Well, I believe that, that, that these widows, when, when their husbands would die, she would say, you know what? I want to bless that one and I want to show, I want to show that one that just because her, their husbands have died, that, that God has not given up on them and that God has not forgotten them. And she would make them a blanket and she would bring them to the widows in the church. That's an awesome ministry. It's a good work. It's a good work. And these are the things when we get discouraged, when we start to feel spiritless, we start to get self-focused that we begin to ignore. But Tabitha did not forget them. And here they are all at her funeral. And that that they think Peter's come to preach and they're honoring her by showing off the fruit of her good works and how she's been a blessing. But Peter did something they did not expect. He put them all out. He had seen somebody else do this once before. His name was Jesus. He put them all out, and he knelt down and prayed, and turning to the body of of the woman, he said, Tabitha, arise. Woman that is full of good works, arise. Oh, thank you, Lord. And she opened her eyes, and she saw Peter, and she sat up. Then Peter gave her his hand, lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and the widows, he presented her alive And it became known throughout all Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't that an amazing miracle? That is awesome. And I believe that... that that God looked down at Tabitha and said, Tabitha, you have spent years of your life honoring me. Good works for the saints. Good works for the, for the saints. You have done things. You have blessed my people. And because you have honored me through your good works, I am going to honor you and I'm going to give you more years in your life in order to do those good works. Hallelujah. And, uh, Peter prayed, and God answered, and Tabitha rose from the dead. Isn't that awesome? Oh, somebody give God praise for the things that he does. Thank you, Jesus. Tabitha was restored to life. Restored to life. Now, I believe that every person is called to operate in spiritual gifts. We had gifts of prophecy operating this morning, gifts of healing, Uh, praying for people, uh, and those things should not just operate in the church, they should operate out there. But some of us, when we think about those kinds of things, we're a little intimidated. And I think that that intimidation should come off of God's people. We should just, uh, we should embrace everything that God's got for us. But don't think that you can't be effective in the kingdom right now with the simple gifts that you have. And I want to stir up in you towards one another love and good works. Fan into flame. Simple acts of kindness. Things that take a little time. Things that might take some resource or they might not. To bless somebody else. To encourage somebody else. Amen? Isn't this what God's called us to be and do? Isn't this how God's called us to live? Now, if you look at this church or any other church and you say, that church isn't very kind, some of the problems in the church are very easily diagnosed. Do you know what they're not easily? They're not easily fixed. It's sometimes easy to say what's wrong, it's a lot more difficult. To say this, you know what? I am going to be part of the answer. I'm going to take what I have, even if nobody else does, and I'm going to be a blessing to the people around me. I'm going to be a blessing to the people around me. There's a blanket in my house. And it has the Cubs logo all over it. And now I can finish my sermon. And um, it was it was made for me because I'm a Cubs fan. I, I think Jesus is a Cubs fan too. <laughs> You got one too? And it's, a, it's, a car, it's, it's got a cardinal logo on it. Who, and who made yours? Uh-huh. And so we have, we have several of, of the people in our church that have this ministry. Amen? And Jennifer Lolling has this ministry. She has this anointing to be a Tabitha in the house of God. And so I have a blanket. I don't, I don't usually have it out now because it's the middle of summer, but I'm hoping that this November, when the Cubs are playing in the World Series again, that I'll be able to have it um, pulled out and use it. Um, and you know what? That blanket blessed me tremendously. I also have a little guy that sits on my bed that is all adorned in Cubs paraphernalia that Jennifer made for me. And, uh, and she's done that, obviously, for others throughout her life. Um, Jennifer, does that cost you? yeah see friends this this is the ministry of I feel the Lord in this place right now that is that is the, the ministry of Tabitha it's the ministry of good works. God wants you to be a part of it. You say, well, I can't. So, well, you can bake apple pie. Hallelujah. Some of you can't bake apple pie. I know that. (laughs) Do you have time that you can make a phone call? and Say, hey, I've been thinking about you. You matter to God and you matter to me. Friends, it doesn't have to be huge. But we get outside of ourselves because you know what Americans are really good at? Causing life to be focused right here on me. Me. Lord, would you just come this morning We just, right now, just yield our hearts to you. Over and over and over and over and over in your word, we have read multiple, multiple scriptures about good works. And I ask that you would forgive us, God, when when a whole week, a whole month goes by, And we've done nothing for anybody else. We've focused on self. God, I pray that you'd forgive us. And cleanse us and wash us. We want to look like Jesus. Father, this is your heart. For God so loved the world that he gave I pray, God, that we would reflect that heart as your children, that we would take on your DNA as your sons and your daughters, that we would be great givers. We would be great givers. We would remember that it's more blessed to give than to receive. I ask in Jesus' name that the joy of the Lord would be increased in this house because of our giving one to another. God, I, I pray that you'd give us right motives. We, we aren't wanting just a pat on the back and saying, oh, look, look, how, look how good I am. That's not it at all. We want you to be glorified. We want you to be glorified by the way that we live. We want to walk in obedience. You said, let your light shine shine. And then you said that men might see your good works. Lord, you might just, you might just have us mow, our, mow the grass for our neighbor. You might have us uh, bring something simple to, to somebody in the church to bless them because you're thinking about them. God, I ask in Jesus' name that good works will multiply in this house, that love and good works will be fanned into flame in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, the spiritual gifts that we're growing in, we surrender those things to you and we ask you to use them. But also, God, the simple uh, physical gifts that you've given to us, we want them all to glorify God. Hallelujah. God, raise Tabitha up in this house, I pray. Raise Tabitha up in us and in me. God, those that are discouraged, those that are just feel flattened by life, I pray, God, that this command to, hey, Now's the time to not focus on self, but to be a blessing to somebody else. Many times that's the way out of our discouragement. God, I pray that 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 discouragement would no longer stand in our way, but we will speak to that discouragement. Be gone. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Friends, kindness is, is, is such a huge thing. I remember, and I've shared this once or twice here, but there was a lady at at the at one of the churches I used to minister in, and she would stand up often and give words, and they were, and the people would go, "Oh," and they, you know, she had, she was used of God that way, and it it was real. But I went to Walmart one day, and she didn't know that I could see her. and. There she was in the aisle at Walmart berating one of the employees because Walmart was out of something that they should not have been out of. And I thought, you've you've got great gifts, but you have not Kindness. Kindness. And friends, our lives need to look like Jesus to everybody. Amen? Amen. So the altar call today is this. Spend some time in prayer. Maybe even this afternoon. and Say, God, who can I be a blessing to this week? And then do it do it.